You're listening to Seeing the Sequel, the movie podcast about sequels to films that were never made. Probably for good reason. This week, we are talking about 1986's American teen classic, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Directed by John Hughes, and starring Matthew Broderick, Mia Sara, and Alan Ruck. And, as ever, alongside me, three men. Anyone. Anyone. I've got Al, I've got Joe, and I've got John. Welcome back, guys. Well, we've been looking forward to this episode for a long time. But before we start, as you know, uh, we have got to come up with a sequel to this film. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the cast. We're going to talk about the plot. We're going to name it. We're going to see how we're going to pitch it at the end and whether it's going to be successful and taken on. So, as ever, we've all watched this film recently. But I think for this one, it's probably going to be one of those films that we really didn't need to watch because we know it so well. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Al. You better love this film. <laughs> Loaded, start straight away. Yeah, I do love it. Of course, big fan of John Hughes films. Um, this would be up there as one of my favourites. Probably Breakfast Clubs, Breakfast Club and Planes, Trains and Automobiles. That would be my top three of that he directed. I think, kind of strangely, my favourite John Hughes film we didn't actually direct. That's Home Alone. Um, anyway, big fan. Um, me and John just touched on this before we started recording. We were having a chat. I've actually got a bit of a controversial opinion on it, actually. Like, I love it like everyone else loves it. I love it. I love it for all its cult moments and, um, you know, absolute memorable, creative, you know, fun sequences. And it's such a cool idea. I, I've, you know, when they say in the 80s, when this film came out, Broderick was like the coolest motherfucker on the planet. I just don't find Broderick, even as Ferris Bueller, cool, particularly. Do you know what I mean? I've got a bit of a problem with him. And as an adult actor, fuck me, I've got no time for Broderick. I like, and Is if he's he meant to be cool? I think he, I think Ferris Bueller's meant to be the Mac Daddy, you know, and mm. became that in the 80s, like was the coolest bastard on the planet because of his, well, I guess because of his front and bottle and, you know, courageousness for everyone who wanted you know, you want to do what he's doing, don't you, really? Um, so, yeah, in a way, the casting of Broderick's almost a negative for me and holds me back slightly from loving this character, I think. Than, and I think I'll be in the minority in this completely, but it sort of holds me back from loving the character because on the page, I absolutely adore the character. But Broderick, I'm just like, uh, like you know, and he's... He's a very wet, he's a wet lettuce. Do you remember him like when he was in, well, Joe, you'll remember this, Godzilla, 90s. <laughs> he's a fucking wet lettuce in that. Like, I absolutely, yeah, hated him in that. But um, <laughs> apart, apart from that, obviously, obviously love, love, love the movie for, for all, its, all its amazing qualities. And I'm, I'm looking forward to getting stuck into it with you boys. Anyone? Anyone? John? Um... Yeah, so I, I feel similarly to Al. I mean, when we were talking about, it, we were in agreement for our sort of Have you two had a little mis- gang up session mis- on this. Mystifying <laughs> how Matthew Broderick has made it. Really, like he he kind of comes across as like that rich kid at school that now has happened to go on to be a really successful actor and celebrity, and no one that he knew at school was happy for him. Just like no one, <laughs> everyone hated him then. They still hate him now. They can't believe how the dickhead and how unfair life is. Like that's made it. Like that's that's how he comes across. Um, what him? 
him. <laughs> yeah, no, that dickhead. Um, everyone's got a story about how he was a bell end and whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, otherwise, yeah, I do like the film. I don't, I don't love it as much as other people do. I don't think it's not like a sort of go to for me. I think at times it can feel like a bit of a, an advert for Chicago, really. Like it's like now, now here and come and see this site, and now go and see this site, and now come and see this site. Like it's probably made a lot of money out of tourism from this movie. Um, but yeah, it's good. I mean, it, it's fun. Like it's cute. It's got a nice message. It's very sentimental, very nostalgic for people our age. Um, it's got that classic John Hughes thing of like parents don't understand us like teenage angst like generational divide like so i guess like as a teenager that's perfect isn't it like because it's like that's what every teenager feels like no one understands us i'm going to be different from my parents all of this and this film really plays into that so it's an easy win really um so yeah on on the chicago thing i suppose it's worth mentioning that I mean, Hughes was an ambassador of Chicago, right? Like all his films were set there, and his his Hughes Productions logo was based on the Chicago police um, flag. Mm. Really, the stars, yeah, with like the blue stripes and the stars on it. At the end of all his films, that logo came up, and it just had the stars. So, like, I get what you're saying, John. Particularly the gallery sequence, which I think is beautifully done, but it's kind of showing off the artwork that is in that city. Um, but at the same time, it's just sort of maybe a tentpole for what Hughes was doing through his whole career. Yeah, um, so is it the Chicago C- Cubs? Cubs are the watch? baseball team, yeah. Yeah, so that is the same as in uh, Richard Pryor's Brewster's Millions, isn't it? Good question. It's Wrigley Field, isn't it? That's where um, where uh, Jake and Elwood Blues say their addresses and the Nazis go, really? na- Nazis go to in uh, Blues Brothers, yeah. Sorry, oh, we, we do have Joe. We have Joe here, though, as well. Sorry, I'm rambling. Oh, I was wondering when you were going to let me uh, in. Um, yeah look I I think it's uh, a fantastic film Um, it's so fun and it was like a staple um, you know student film for me Um, I'd watch this with my friend shout out Ben McGee we'd watch this back to back uh, you know every other night fall asleep watching it it's it's a classic uh, for me Um, I think it's absolutely hilarious you're in bed together <laughs> shout out to Ben McGee shout out to Ben McGee <laughs> you were the big spoon we'd watch this a lot um, what could I add what could I add that hasn't where, where been do said? you stand where do you stand on the Broderick uh, debate okay so I um, I think it's weird casting but it, it, it works 95% of the time in this film um, I think he's I think he's brilliant and he's never been as good. Maybe was that was that film Election that he was in with Reese Witherspoon? Election's an excellent film. Yeah, yeah. that was very that was very good. Um and, and unsurprisingly, like I am actually quite a big fan of the uh the you know nineties Godzilla film. Um But there you go. Uh, Broderick, I think, is a is is generally a shit actor. He's he's very good in this. He he just about pulls it off. He pulls it off most of the time. It's moments like the very end sequence, you know, where he says um, he sort of like ushers people out of the movie theatre and says, what are you still doing here? Uh, That's where you think, "Mm, you're a bit too lame for this. Um, But interestingly, like the the choices for for Ferris Bueller, uh, I can't remember who else what it who, who else was up for the role, but it was like, you know, Broderick was there with like Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise was considered for this role. Um, and there were a string of other, like, A-list, like, you know, far, 
bigger names than uh, Broderick uh, I guess, up, up um, for this role. I guess Cruise must have just been coming off Risky Business and maybe... Mm. It's almost Bit too. Similar. It's almost too yeah. similar. Yeah, it maybe. Is, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, what about all the cameos? I mean, you know, you got Charlie Sheen just pops up in the in the police station. <laughs> That's amazing. But we we can talk about Jennifer Grey here, surely, Joe. Can we? I mean, you know, she was she was great again. She like other other really 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 famous people were up for that role as well as as Jeannie. Um, what's the what's the girl um, from Pretty in Pink called? Um, she was. Originally oh, cast in that. Molly, Molly. Um, yeah, Ringwald. I think she was, she was up for this, that role as well. I think loads of people wanted to be in it because by this point, John Hughes was on a bit of a, you know, he was a, he was a force in, in Hollywood. I mean, this, I mean this is it. We've got to talk about John Hughes's film one. I mean, it's just, for, for me growing up in, I go, yeah, yeah, I grew up in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, 80s kid. But it, it really is a big part of my childhood, these films. They're just, they really spoke. They were fun, but there were values underneath it. But there were situations that you could relate to. You love the characters. I just think he's he was, you know, a genius of our time. Um, gutted we, we started with uh, Ferris and not Weird Science. Um, but, you know... <laughs> It is what it is, but I, I think it's. I think it's a good film. I, I actually kind of. The more you said it, actually, I never really considered it until you just said it about Matthew Broderick. I I get it, and I get why you said that as well. For me, he is synonymous with the film, mm. but as a character and actor, I'm. It's secondary to everyone else that's in the film. Like you know, Jeffrey Jones, Rooney, Rooney <laughs> is just absolutely brilliant. I love Jeffrey Jones. He Ed, just does Ed, that kind. Ed Rooney uh, features in my favourite ever crash zoom in cinema history, <laughs> which is like Ferris Bueller on line two. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. So, who wants to pick up Ferris two? Where are we going? I've got I've got a couple of routes. Go on, mate. Joseph. Couple of routes. Uh, the, the one, the one, one shit route. You want to hear the shit route first? I thought. I thought. You know, his <laughs> his children. His children are going to college, and it's their day off. But it's him. He he becomes the Rooney character or something like that. That's kind of. But then, I just thought that's that's so uninspired. That's kind of boring. And it's all about like the. It's all. It's got to be all about Ferris Bueller, and Cameron. I think you know, like. If you look at what's so special about the first film, it's it's Ferris and Cameron and their relationship. So I think you've got to stick with them as the the leads and not do avoid some like you know uh, passing down the torch to you know new generation. I think you stick with them. Um, really annoys uh, me the way they ever thought that reversing the car would make the mileage go yeah, back. No, yeah. I'm like, who ever, ever would thought, think that works? It kind of sets them up to be absolute morons. <laughs> <laughs> absolute idiots. Carry on, Joe. Sorry, mate. So I thought, um, I, the, all I had really was that the sequel, um, you know, they're, they're, they're what? In, approaching, probably in their 60s now? Yeah. yeah. Um, so wow. I think approaching, perhaps approaching retirement. Um, and... Um, this is this is bunking off work day. Um, they've got major like big, big deals at play at work or something like that. And um, Ferris, something brings them back together, uh, and and they they take the day off of work um, in the same sort of way. So it's big, you know, it's big big day out again, uh, bunking off of work together. What 
Go on now. I was I was going to say the just your shit idea with the kids. You're right. It is shit. But <laughs> I kind of dug. Thanks, mate. You know. You know. <laughs> you're welcome, babe. Um, I kind of thought. You know what? I was imagining it, and the kids think they're outsmarting their div of a dad. But like, I did like it would make us love Ferris again if they were like they have no idea who they're dealing with. They're dealing with the master. Do you know what I mean? And he actually outsmarts them kind of every step of the way and knows exactly what they're doing. I kind of like that element, but uh, go, yeah. I'm not sure if it's enough. Yeah, go it's on. subplot. Go. Could be a subplot. Well, I had a bit of a twist on that and I was thinking, so it could still be Cameron and Ferris in it and they they, they work together um, on this crazy day. But I was thinking that their kids, maybe Ferris's kids, it's like a role reversal. His kids are well boring. They're like well studious and they, they would never take a day off. They would never do this. And then him and Cameron kind of force his kids. They do something to force them to take a day off. Like they trick them into, there's like a day off from school or college or whatever. They, 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 they trick them in, in order to like make them, because Ferris is worried that his kids are boring and going to just grow up as squares. Like, Cameron's dad was and he didn't and he didn't want that so they're trying to avoid that by having this sort of like seminal day in which they just learn how amazing it is to be crazy or whatever sounds con- have- sounds controversial doesn't it like reckless parents forcing children out of school <laughs> drink this beer here's some joint drink this beer here's some johnnies I'm 12 <laughs> you'll love this so uh, what about I mean for me I think that the the film really is not about Ferris for me. Ferris's film was always about Cameron, saving yeah. Cameron, getting Cameron to deal with his idiosyncrasies in life about how he sees himself. And what about if Cameron had become everything that he didn't want to be? Successful, unhappy, like his dad, boring. You could do a twist in it that maybe Cameron's actually ill. So... It's Ferris's role to just sort of give him a day off of his crap life for one last time, but the, the twist could be actually, but it's because he's ill, so it's actually a nice thing to do. That's yeah. quite no. nice. That's a really nice spin that he's at, he's actually ill this time. Um, I think yeah. I think we can go one better. Mm, I think we can go one better on that. I think this is your twist because say what you want about Ferris, but he's kind of selfish. Yeah, he is fucking selfish. Oh, he's very he, selfish. He's yeah. incredibly he's selfish. Yeah. Kind of selfish. He's a fucking prick. Um, in a way. Well, so, he's a teenager. Let's not... He's a teenager played by Matthew Broderick. Yeah. The guys his are friends, the guys are, are, his friends are not selfish. Yeah. Jesus um, Okay, so this is our setup, right? Um, Ferris and Cameron have grown apart and they are, um, you know, they haven't spoken in years. There maybe have been a rook, no pun intended, an Alan rook. Um to that, that, you know, in the past, there's something that they need to get over, right? So um, you're right. I like that, that Cameron's actually become everything he despises, everything he was determined not to become. He is his father. Um, Ferris does go and save him. Cameron's arc is becoming who he was and not his father anymore. I think maybe a spin on it is that Ferris is ill and he's, and he, and actually his one mission before he goes is to save Cameron rather That's than nice. Ca- rather than Cameron yeah That's maybe nice. well, well, maybe well maybe we can bring the Ferrari back into it because the thing in the first film wasn't it is that his dad's 
really materialistic, basically, isn't he? He loves his car more than he loves his son. He loves material. Yeah, he loves material possessions. It's 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 some sort of uh, comment on you know the go go eighties. Everyone's just there to make money and you know live it up and whatever uh, and get rich. Um, So maybe Cameron could take on literally take on that role, embody his father by driving around in that car. You know, maybe he's got some job that's just really materialistic, like he's. You know, it's just all about money, all about, all about the show, all about owning shit. Just constantly obsessed with buying new houses and new clothes and shit, like whatever. It seems so, a bit, like- it seems a bit of a stretch, though, doesn't it, Cameron, to turn into that guy? I mean, I think we can have him turn into someone that he doesn't want to turn into, Be, right? Yeah, Some yeah. someone that does take work very seriously, um, and and you know, he's always been like a hypochondriac, or you know, needs like. Very focused sort of guy, right? And now he's very focused on work and he's just completely forgotten anything else. Well, this else. is it. This is the twist then, right? It's not about Ferris, it's film. It's about Cameron. But to Al's point, if Ferris is ill, Cameron's got to break out of his mould and save Ferris for the day. He's got to actually step out like, shit, he's ill. Oh, my God, I can't believe he's doing this to me. Actually, I've actually got to go and look after him. It sounds a lot like Elf, in which the the guy does, comes does, back. Does yeah, the guy comes <laughs> back, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he's got a save. In this case, his dad from being a bellend, and in the course of that saving, it, his dad realizes actually this is the wrong way to go. The, but that's fine. But I, th- I I don't know. Yeah, I get what you're saying about him saying, but I, there's something I think about Ferris Bueller as a character. I think if he was ill, he wouldn't tell anyone. Exactly. So he, Sloan tells him. Sloan tells him. I was going to say, where's Sloan in all of this? Um, Got to be married, don't they? Well, I mean, there's a lot of talk about marriage in the in the movie, yeah, in the first film. Are they married? I reckon. That's married. Or divorced. Him. They got a kid at least, if not married, divorced. What else did Mia Sara <laughs> If do? not married, divorced. One of those two. <laughs> one of those two things. <laughs> Oof! I've just looked up Mia Sara, Joe. You know the other the other big one that comes up here. Time cop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Judge, right, here you go. Here's a fun. Here's a really fun thing about Mia Saro. Okay, I'll let this out. Oh, sorry, go on. <laughs> she went on to marry Jason Connery, Sean Connery's son. Fantas- fantastic! Let's get, let's get him the hooded man. <laughs> fantastic! It's almost it's you know custom built for this podcast, the Sean yeah. Connery fan club. Fantastic. So maybe we've got short, yeah, maybe we've got Jason Connery producing. Or m- maybe recasting Ferris with Jason. Yeah. Jason Connery. Right. We never, we well, never liked, we never liked Broderick. In a shock, <laughs> in a shock move, unknown Jason Connery plays Ferris Bueller in the new sequel. Brilliant. So, uh, use, uh, users, losers, we're all losers here listening to that anecdote. So what happens uh, then? Who, how are we going to resolve this? Because we need to, we need to move forward. So ultimately, I think we all agreed that Cameron's life if, even if he hasn't directly morphed into his dad, he's unhappy. And I think that's just Cameron's character is ultimately, he's just unhappy guy. Who's going to be ill? Who needs saving? I think, is he unhappy though? I think he's, I think he's prone to severe depression. Yeah. Um, I, um, and that oh. can obviously carry on through his life. I think, yeah. Mental, he's a, he's the, mental, me, mental health awareness week. Just a little bit unhappy. Um, little, yeah, uh, and, he, and he overcomes it by buying cars. It's, it's very sensitive. <laughs> okay, so he's successful and unhappy. It, does he need saving or are we going to save Ferris? I think he thinks that he's happy, but he's very straight-laced and boring. He's had no excitement in his life since 
basically since high school, since like the first movie, um, he's become really, really boring. So he thinks that he's happy um, in his like material life uh, yeah. and with his material lifestyle. But he realizes through the course of the film, through Ferris saving him and yeah. forcing him to take a day off, right? Basically kidnapping him from work. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, let's say it's like an extremely important board meeting that he needs to get to at the end of the day. Extremely important to him yeah. in his material life. Um, and Ferris basically kid- kidnaps him. Yeah, yeah. well, he could literally him. kidnap him. You know, they do that thing on like stag dudes or whatever, the fake kidnapping where they like put bundle people into a car. Like he could do that and Ferris could think it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, he like can... he's watching from the, from the street. You yeah, can can totally Cam- Cameron's, Cameron's, so, Cameron's so rich and powerful that he has like, maybe that's, <laughs> that's an added tension to the whole day. Cameron's actually got like a security team that are on their asses brilliant like throughout throughout the day because he's yeah. so rich and powerful they they there's sort of police involved and they genuinely think cameron's been kidnapped yeah yeah, yeah. ferris ferris is constantly outsmarting them but and the, yeah and ferris is outsmarting yeah so so like the, the ed, new rooney the ed rooney is the head of the security <laughs> there's the feds involved and the keeper and like ferris is just because ferris is so so smart he keeps on rubbing it in their faces. So, like, there's been mm. another sighting at the Cubs game, for example, <laughs> you know, and he's, like, waving waving to the cameras and stuff like that, and then they've lost him again. And then yeah. on we go and on we go. Love that. And at the end, of the there is a reveal, quite a tender moment, where Ferris reveals to Cameron that he is actually ill uh, and that there's a nice bonding moment between them. And that might make Cameron realise that, you know, his successful career isn't everything and he needs to appreciate life because life moves pretty yeah. fast. I think, I think we've like, got it. I think you got yeah. it. Career. And then Cameron's like, how long have you got left to live? And he's like, 25 minutes. And then <laughs> there's 25 minutes left of the movie and that's it. Oh, it's in real time. And it's just crying. <laughs> All right, brilliant. Okay. Also, I don't know if Rooney would be head of security. I just want there to be a, a cameo... I don't, think, I don't think he will. No, no, no. It wouldn't I don't actually think we... be Rooney. <laughs> oh, right. I think, I think, I think, eighty-five-year-old uh, um, man head yeah. of the richest man in America's <laughs> private security team. How did he get? How did he get the job? Had experience as being a real klutz of the principal. <laughs> But there will be a crash zoom out where there'll be a double take and there'll be an old man walking down the road and Ferris always nearly run him over and he just turned around, Rooney! And he just, <laughs> okay, so let's talk cast. Well, I mean, Sloan, Ferris, Cameron, Cameo, Rooney, back. You're, I think that's all You're just obsessed with getting Rooney into this film, aren't you? Got to get Rooney into this. <laughs> so I'd like to talk about whether, who's the head of security? Because that's going to be the main protagonist that's going to be chasing down Ferris. Wayne Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing Wayne Rooney. Wayne, Wayne Rooney plays the muscle. Uh, just because his name's Rooney. I've uh, got an idea. Okay, go on, mate. Go on. Ricky Gervais. He... I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Awful. Um, I know what you're saying. I know what you're going with it. Do so, Joe doesn't. So he's not that he's we. He's a Weasley head of security rather than uh, you know kind of a believable one. kind of kind of believable and f- almost frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I was thinking we could have you know keep the Hughes thing going. Like um, Kieran Culkin could pop up there somehow. I was think uh, that's what I was thinking is someone like that, uh, as in someone someone from another, um, you know, John Hughes movie. I mean, yeah, but they're all a bit. Well, 
Emilio Estevez. <laughs> Wicked. <laughs> Do you know Steve what I mean? I don't, I don't want to shoehorn him in too much. Like, I mean, who you got? Emilio Estevez, Kieran Culkin from Home Alone, Steve Martin. Macaulay you know, Culkin. Oh, Kieran. Sorry, Kieran, Kieran younger Culkin's, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, got yeah, the, yeah, he's yeah, still got the career. With Alan Rook, Kieran, uh, coincidentally, yeah, in succession. Kieran, yeah, yeah. Kieran is the one that could still act. He could play... I don't know. Is he just because he, he's, he's not believable as the head of security? Is he like not as in as in like he could be his he could be an equivalent to like a chief of staff for Cameron? Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? It like his, tough, like his like executive. On, yeah, that's, Judd yeah. Nelson. Like like on the ground, it's hard, isn't it? But he could be in like central command, like looking at data or whatever. Maybe maybe the uh, maybe Cameron's got like a security chip in him, and he's a guy tracking him on the GPS or something. I just think well, I think that would defeat. This, I think that would mean that them getting away with the day might be a bit challenging. John <laughs> might, have, might have to get rid of the tracking chip. Yeah, maybe Ferris <laughs> could figure out that he's got a tracking chip, and he goes to like a he goes to like a back alley doctor to get it. Removed. Brilliant. No, what he does, he does the classic. He fi- first thing he does is fish out the tracking chip. He knew it was there because he's Ferris Bueller. He knows, it. puts in a bit of dog food, gives it to a dog, and there's some like rogue and the dog, dog runs off. You're a rat. A rat in <laughs> the sewers. Yeah. Um, well, but, I mean, I think we've got license to put some cameos in from uh, John Hughes' film. Judd Nelson would be a good match here. Uh, yeah, perhaps Judd Nelson. Um, I think you probably put him in as more of a cameo, don't you, rather than a, a, a major role. He could be a Charlie Sheen in the police station kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, perhaps. Um, I th- what kind of things are they going to do during the day? Like, are we going to mirror the original or are we going to... Well, I don't, think, it's I don't be... think he's going to kidnap him and take him to like an art exhibition. It's got, no. it's got, to, it's got to one up the original, yeah. hasn't it? It's got to be more intense. It can't be like kids things, like naughty kids things. It's got to be like, you know, serious, yeah. like borderline, very serious crimes. Yeah. Or like, you know, he, like, he thro- <laughs> like I can see Ferris Bueller saying, like talking to camera about like, you know, sometimes you've got to jump out of, you know, you've got to jump off the edge and stuff like that. Like, and then, and then zooms out and he's in a plane and he's just throwing Cameron who's yeah, like yeah, tied yeah. up out of the plane. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and then, or, and then he, he, well, no, he throws Cameron off and then he throws a parachute separately and he's like, Gra- <laughs> got to grab it, grab it in mid I love that. That's you could great. do him calling up on behalf of, Cam- let's say Cameron's rich, right? So Cameron's got influence. So Ferris could have planned the day up so yeah, so I've booked us into the most exclusive. I've hired out the whole restaurant. So he's just booking in, in as Cameron in advance. I'm coming. I want the boat ready. I want the whole field. Yeah, there. I want the shop shut down just for us. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah, set yeah. it up with Cameron's money. Well, yeah, he's like throwing the first pitch at the baseball game or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Swing, bada bada. <laughs> swing, bada. Okay. So there's a loose idea. Is Cameron married? Mm, I think has he, he got like I an think, annoying wife. I think he's so. Oh, is it too predictable? I was going to say divorced, like sort of so far gone. He's he's isolated himself to that point. I don't know. Agree. I think that's solid. Yeah. He's like, okay. he's like oh, that, Jeff, and that'll Jeff. be stuff he has to do. Um, maybe not the wife because that can you know people do get divorced, but maybe his kids. Maybe Cameron's lost touch with his own children, and Ferris makes sure that 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 you know in. In our, nice mi- in, our mi- in our mix of, um, you know, action, excitement, comedic, and then emotional scenes that of, mission, of missions through the day, that can be that, one of the emotional that's ones. Actually, yeah, that's beautiful. You could, it could all be um, it's sort of in the build-up to seeing, like, his kids' baseball game. Um, 
you know that's that's where it climaxes and then re- and then yeah. Cameron realizes like shit I had no idea well, you know they were they were playing baseball you're today on, you're on fire you're on fire Joe well, it's um not the the really important board meeting and now the championship the game <laughs> well that could be um that could be the original goal of Ferris so Ferris knows that he's dying that he wants to do one last good act and the last good act is to reunite Cameron and his kids before Ferris Ferris Boom. dies heart puller love that. Lovely. All right. That's just really tender, John. Thanks, mate. So let's talk. Uh, what's it called? I was, like, um, thinking, I was thinking, so Ferris Bueller's day off. I mean, it was like, it's kind of, this is Cameron's day off, isn't it? So, saving Cameron. I know. I thought about that. Save, save Ferris, save Cameron, you know. Mm. Ferris Bueller's last day because he's going to die. Oh, his last. Yeah, that's quite nice. Ferris last Bueller's day out. That's a bit of a downer. It, though, give, it, it? gives away our, our twist as well, our reveal. Well, um, Ferris Bueller's day off gave it away because we know he's got a day off. So big, big day out. <laughs> well, baby's day out. Another jo- one of the final John Hughes productions. That, um, but no, let's not do it. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, I don't. Wait a minute. So Ferris. Say, so you remember the whole theme and Ferris Bueller's day off. Save Ferris, right? Yeah. Can yeah. we play on that with save camp? I don't know. The marketing's like the badge. Ferris saves Cameron. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here. Um, you know, ever, and then you then you've got people walking around the streets of in the build up to the release of the anticipated Ferris Bueller sequel, saying, "Oh, so you save, mean save, 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 Ferris, save Everyone's Cameron. got save Cameron. There's just posters up around the tube. Oh, save Cameron. Nice. Yeah, that's definitely. nice. But I don't think that's the title of the film, right? It's nice. It's a nice. It's not, good, uh, it's not a good marketing it's, idea. It's not a good enough title. No, you're right. And you need you need you you do kind of need to say Ferris Bueller in the, I know, in the title. I know. Like, yeah, I agree. And, Okay, Ferris Ferris Bueller's last ride. <laughs> well, <laughs> that the, kind the, of the thing, Undertaker. <laughs> you could you could go like um you could go full sort of superhero with it and just Ferris Bueller returns. Mm, yeah, uh, in, in a in a and, but you'd have to build like a, a you know like a, a campaign around that. You'd you'd have to make it look like he's a superhero. And you, you know, could call it just. Like one of those, just Ferris. I reckon, you know what? Mm. I was going to say, if this happened now, if this happened, I bet it would be called Ferris or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Because like, do you remember like the, vac- um, <laughs> John Hughes again, actually, the Vacation um, reboot. Uh, L- Lampoons. Lampoons. Yeah, that's John, John, cool. John Hughes had something in that, didn't he? Did he write yeah, it maybe, I think? Um, so they yeah, just called that, they just called it Vacation. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And mm. Yeah, they'd, fe- call this, they'd call this Beulah. Yeah, or Fer- yeah, Ferris. That's a great shout. Bueller's better than Ferris. Bueller yes. would be. I mean, well, let's just call it Bueller. That's not bad, actually. I mean, I know it's, yeah. it feels lazy, but actually, it's where it, it's. If the studio were doing this, it's where they'd end up. I think. I think probably yeah. Yeah, because it's lazy. Because it's what everyone else does. <laughs> <Yeah>, studio <laughs> film. Right. Well, studio that's what we're going to do you. as well. <laughs> so, who's directing? You know what? I've got Oof. a thought on. I've got a thought on this. I'm not going to go like try and link it to. Hughes particularly and try and you know someone who might Jason shoot. Connery spit it out mate come on what about Cameron Crowe yeah he would do I this. don't know I don't, I don't know I thought Cam- he hasn't done much good recently but there's something I can see I don't know what walk us through his uh, you know films Al. well Jerry well, Maguire and Almost Famous would be like the main ones I'm sort of referring to they're Almost Famous I suppose um, both of those movies like 25 years old 
Yeah. But vanilla Sky. Vanilla, you know, oh, Vanilla Sky as well, yeah. But then we've done shit times like Oh, yeah, we I see how Vanilla Sky is similar to this, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> also, also about 20 years old. What has this guy done, like, at nothing, all recently? You're really not... You, you're talking about Cameron Crowe as if he's some sort of unknown. He's, he's not. just he's just not done anything uh, in in a very long time. I think he I'm did. We, we I think he did, uh, and I'm not saying this is a selling point. He did like we built the zoo or some shit. You know that um... Cameron Crowe. Yeah. Okay. Well, a bit old school. Have we got anyone newer? Any new ideas? Well, newer. Um, Book smart. Have you seen that? Olivia Wilde. It kind of fits tonally with what we've been talking about. I actually. Here we go. Here we go. We got She's it. She's good. She's good. We got it. I pref- I think I arguably preferred eighth grade to book smart. Bo Burnham. He's hot property in the minute because you know he, he's in Promising Young Woman as well, and yeah, he's, great. he's got this new Netflix special out that I, I've not seen yet, but apparently, according to Twitter, is outstanding. And he writes, directs, yeah, stars, he, produces in all of his shit, and he can have a small role in this. I don't know. He he is hot shit. Yeah, he probably could. Um, have a small role and certainly on the writing side he would be able to get involved with at least like the jokes or like the dialogue for the jokes or something like yeah, that yeah maybe he, yeah, he, he could probably clash he could be we could rethink the Kieran Culkin role and Bo Burnham could squeeze in there or something I don't know nice okay that's a nice fit good okay well look we've done it we've come up with a plot we've talked about a cast we've got a title we've come up with a director what we need is the pitch so, who would like to uh, take it home? Mm, bolt, bolt, chicka, chicka. I'll give it a go. I'm, mm, up, I'm bolt, up for this bolt. one. I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed this actually. It's one of those ones where, I've, miraculously, I think I'll probably watch this film. Yeah, this is good, isn't it? Um, yeah. So we start off, and over a black screen, crowds. Rune. Rooney, Rooney. <laughs> no, joking, joking. Um, so, so we um, we we start off and we and you know Ferris is you know an older man and he's kind of he's kind of a bit philosophical. Like you know we're not one hundred percent sure what's going on with him, but uh, something seems up. But then we start to learn that um, the other side of Chicago is Cameron. Um, you know, living in a penthouse and has um, a huge like sort of tower block of a company is an executive and is quite um, a powerful man and um, got his finger in a lot of pies and he's Cameron's more or less become everything he swore he wouldn't do. He's become uh, his father. And so Ferris um, married to Sloan, happy families. Actually, everything's all right for Ferris, but um, Sloan's, you know, helps encourage him. You've got to patch things up with Cameron. They drifted apart a long time ago. They fell out quite severely, in fact. So Ferris develops a plan, and it's one of the big, big boy plans. He's not hes not going half measures here. He's fucking going down to Chinatown. And he absolutely goes for it. So cut to hiring, of, not, not the hiring itself, cut to, like, st- frightening balaclava SWAT team of, you know, infiltrating Cameron's complex, kidnap him, take out the chip that's in behind his ear straight away. What are you doing to me? Take it out, throws that in a bit of food, chucks it on the floor, cut to rat, takes takes a microchip down into the sewers. That's a wild mm, goose bowl, chase. Bowl. That's a wild goose chase for later. 
Okay, so then finally the balaclava's ripped off uh, Cameron's head and, the, you know, he's, he's under the lights. There's one of those voices. Is your name Cameron? And he's like, where am I? Who are you? You'll never get away with this. Boop, <laughs> 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 um, Yellow just blasting in his face. Boop, <laughs> um, Then, believe it or not, he can't, Cameron cannot believe his fuck. Can you imagine this moment? Cameron would be like, fuck. Fuck sake, are you kidding me? As Bueller reveals himself out the lights. And he reveals he's... himself. <laughs> <laughs> that would be shocking. I haven't seen you for 30 years. <laughs> reveals, not exposes. <laughs> um, and he's like, You're fucking kidding me. I might have known you'd be behind this. So. They then go on an incredibly extravagant um, adventure across um, across Chicago. Maybe they go back to the ball game. There's a massive parade sequence, huge, huge parade sequence that trumps uh, the twist and shout sequence from the original. Um, then um, there's skydiving, there's extreme sports, there's scaling the sides, sides of skyscrapers like in Mission Impossible. There's um, cameos from Ed Rooney. There's... Um, Bo Burnham and Kieran Culkin are some sort of, um, I don't know, twin sort of uh, head of security uh, team that are that are chasing <laughs> after them. There's the feds, there's the police. It all kicks off and eventually he teaches Cameron uh, what he sort of taught him um, originally anyway. And that's actually that there's more to life and um, life moves pretty, pretty fast. And if you don't stop, take a look around, you might miss it. And the big reveal at the end is that Ferris Bueller is going to miss it. He's on the way out. He hasn't got long to live. And his final mission was to uh, was to save his best buddy, Cameron. And um, it's directed by Bo Burnham. And it will simply be called Bueller. Anyone? Anyone? That's well it. Well done, Al. Well done, mate. Nice one. Well, we took it home. We went there. And what a poetic ending. Life does move pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. What would you have done, guys? Uh, how would you have done uh, this? You know, it's a bit, of a bit of a love fest, isn't it? A huge film. So I hope we did it justice. Let us know what you would have done. Hit us up on Twitter. Just get involved, guys. But uh, more importantly, as ever, we look forward to having you on the next one. Cheers. <laughs>